Um, what I'm going to do is top up what I preached on yesterday. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. For those of you who were not here yesterday, please ask me, ask your neighbor, where were you? <laughs> I mean, at times I always ask people, where would you rather be than in God's presence? In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Every other place, there is no fullness there. Ephesians chapter 3, I remember as a young minister, I preached the whole book of Ephesians verse by verse. And I mean, it's a very thorough book, very wonderful book. There are three things in the book of Ephesians. Walking, standing, and sitting. Those are three things. The entire book of Ephesians, those are the three things. It talks about our position in Christ, seated in heavenly places. It talks about, about our walk with Christ. And it talks about the need for us to stand fast in the faith. Those are the three words that are crucial in the book of Ephesians. But let us look at Ephesians 3.20 and it says, verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him who can do such things. Be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. By the grace of God, I'll be speaking on the subject, how to provoke God's exceed, how to provoke God to exceed our expectations. How can I provoke him? How can I provoke God to do things that will blow my mind? Jesus did not just come that you may have life but that you may have it more abundantly. So there is something waiting in the offing for us. But how do we provoke it? I'm going to show you very simply how to get that done, seven important things, and then you put it to practice. Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you. We rejoice at your word like one that I found great spoil. Thank you for gathering us into your presence. There is nothing like your presence. Lord God, we know in this place and on this mountain, as we behold your face in righteousness, we shall be transformed from glory to glory. And we shall awake with your likeness. Anoint me to share the word the way you revealed it to me. Anoint the people's ear to be listening, their minds will be open and their spirits receptive. And let it be at the end of the day that things that we learn and receive and hear and see we shall be doers and all hear as only. We give you the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I'm going to go over a little bit of what I said yesterday so that you can see how it keys in to what I want to say today. I said, among other things yesterday, that one of the greatest tragedies that I've seen in the body of Christ is that many Christians do not experience practically in their lives, the things, all that is legally and potentially, and that is all that is legally, potentially theirs. 
so many Christians are coming short of the things God wants them to experience in their lives. There is a place God wanted to get to in life. Have, I wanted to recognize these six things. Number one, there is a place God wanted to get to in life. Number two, there is a person God wanted to be in life. Number three, there is a life God wants you to live. Number four, there are things God wanted to do. Number five, there are things God wanted to have. And then number six, there is a purpose God wants you to fulfill in life. But one of the greatest tragedies in life is that many Christians come short. Hebrews 4 says, let us fear, lest the promise left for us of entry into his rest, any of us should seem to come short of it. You know, we remember in the book of Romans, they all have sinned and come short. So sin can make people come short. But the fact that you're a Christian, you can still come short. If you do not pay heed to the things that you have, which God will tell you can be yours. So yesterday I told you that when it comes to relating to God, there are something God wanted to have. And I gave you six of them. Number one, God is able to do whatever his word says he's able to do. So you can expect him to do that. Number two, God is able to do whatever he, I mean, he says you can ask him for. Psalm 2 verse 8 says, ask of me and I will give the healings to you for your inheritance and the utmost part of the earth for your possession. Number three, God is also able to do for you today whatever he has done before. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see many things that he has done before. He is able to do the same thing again today. Then number four, I told you, among other things, that God is able to do for you whatever somebody else has done for you. I mean, God is able to do for you whatever he has done for someone else. If you made a barren woman to have a child, God is no respect of persons. He can also make you to have a child. So God is able to do for me whatever he has done for anyone else. Then I told you, number five, God is able to do what man cannot do. And these are the things that you and I have right to enjoy because it says now unto him that is able to do and then number six i also said among other things that god is able to do whatever he has promised when he makes a promise he keeps them but you see those six things are not the full expression of what god is able to do because that scripture now said he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think so he's able to do those six things, but that is not all. So don't come short. Don't focus on what God has done for someone else as your own watermark for what you expect him to do for you. He can exceed it. Don't, don't limit your expectation to what he has ever done before. He can do new things today. Lamentations 3.23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So God is able to do what he has promised. There are some things God never promised, but you see him doing the Bible. So it's important for us to realize that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above. So when I said that yesterday, I now gave you seven bases, seven bases, seven biblical bases for which God can do, can exceed. He can exceed our expectation. What are the biblical bases? 
if I'm expecting God to exceed my expectation, what are the biblical basis for me to expect it? If something does not have a biblical basis and you expect it, you are wasting your time. You must have a foundation for what you're asking God for. You know, you must be able to tell him, your word says so, honor your word in my life. God does not honor us. It is his word he honors. And when his word is in our lives, he honors his word. So what are the biblical basis upon which I can expect God to exceed my expectation? Because he said he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above. So what are the biblical basis? And I gave you seven of them. Number one, I told you that God can exceed our expectation because it is in nature to exceed expectation. The nature of God is to do much more than enough. He is almighty. Number two, it is his will to exceed our expectation. It is God's will to exceed our expectation. Number three, the reason why, another reason why God is capable of exceeding my expectation because he has the power to do it. He has the power to do. That is what the Bible here says. He's able to do, able to do, ability to do, exceeding, abundantly above all that you ask or think. So he's able to do it. That's the third reason. Number four reason is because there are promises. Number four reason there are promises in the Bible that tell us that God can exceed it. I just gave you one, John 10, 10. The thief comes not but to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that you may have life. What some people have is life, that's all. They don't have it more abundantly. Actually, one translation and love says it like this. I am come that you may have life in all its abundance and superior in quality. You know what your life is just, the kind of life some Christians have is the basic kind of life that unbelievers have. So when you are telling them to come to church, they don't understand. What will I get? What will I get from church? This is you. We drive the same kind of car. We struggle. We still eat in dreams together. <laughs> we are still struggling financially. We are still having to go through life the same way. We still get sick together. So he said, I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So not only does he have ability, but there are promises from glory to glory, from strength to strength. According to Psalm 84 verse 7. Then number five, I told you that another reason why you and I can expect God, biblical basis, is that we are surrounded, we are surrounded with so many examples of people in the Bible and in a contemporary life where God exceeded their expectation. I gave you the example of Solomon. God exceeded his expectation. I gave you the example of Hannah. God exceeded her expectation. God did much more. I gave you even, I didn't give you this example. It's one of the examples. So he was looking for asses. But what did God give him? Uh, what, what God gave him was that he gave him a kingdom. He made him a king. He made a king out of him. So there are bases because God is no respecter of persons. Romans 10, 12, there's no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. For the same Lord over all is unto, unto him that call upon his name. There's no respect of persons with God. Romans chapter 2, verse 11. For God is no respect of persons. God does not respect persons. In 2 Chronicles 19, verse 7, it talks about three things you will not find with God. Receiving a bribe, iniquity, and respect of persons. Those three things you don't find with God. All right, so I told you 
that is another biblical basis. That is another biblical basis for expecting him to do so much more. If he's done it for someone, he will do it for me because no respect of person. Number six reason I said is because when the time comes, because the time of it has come. You see, there is nothing like something for which the time has come. This conference theme that says above all others is an indication in the prophetic timetable of God that your time has come to be the head and not the tail to be above only and never below. So that is the sixth reason. And then the seventh reason why you and I can expect God, be I'm talking about Bible, is because God knows you have need of it. One of the reasons why God supplies something is not that you need it. Many of us have suffered in life and except God restored to us the year when the locust has eaten, we'll never end this life the way God intended from the very beginning. So God knows we have need of it. I have need for God to exceed my expectation because I've suffered in life. I've gone through all kinds of problems and issues in life. That at this time in my life, I think better shall be the end than the beginning. According to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8. But let me now ask you a simple question. If there are promises for God to exceed, to, to, to exceed our expectation, if there are examples of people around us that God has exceeded their expectation, if, if it is the nature of God to always exceed our expectation, if there is a promise to exceed our expectation, if God knows I need it, if the time of it has come, then why is it that people don't experience it? It's in the word of God. It's in the nature of God. It's the will of God. It's in the promises of God. The time of it has come. But why is it that people don't experience, experience God does not exceed their expectation? You can look at your life and ask yourself one question. In all my life, how many times did God exceed my expectation? How many times? Now, that is what I want to address. That is why I say provoke. How to provoke God to exceed your expectation. You see, let me say this to you. There are some things God will do for us without our involvement. But there are many things he will not do, not be cannot do it, but because he wants you and I involved. Look at that scripture again. Whereby he is able to do exceeding abundantly above according to what? According to his own intention? No. According to his will? No. According to his promises? No. According to what? According to the power that worketh in us. So if God has never exceeded your expectation, who do you blame? Do you blame the promise of God? Do you blame the nature of God? Do you blame the will of God? Do you blame other people who say, I know some people God have literally every time exceeded their expectation. Every time. They say, ah, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect the promotion. I didn't expect the car. I didn't expect two children. I didn't expect a male child. I didn't expect. Now, there are people like that. But why is it that in my own case, it has not happened? Why is it that it's not a constant thing with me? Why is it not a usual thing with me? You see, as a young Christian, I came to that point. I said, Lord, I know this is your will. I know this are, there are promises. I know you've done it for people in the Bible. They ask you for one thing, you give them ten things. I said, I know it's time. I feel it's time. 
And I know I need it. But why not? Then you open my eyes to see this. According to the power that works where? In me. So you have something to do with it. You have a, an important part to play if God is going to exceed your expectation. It will not just happen. You have a part to play. You are going to have to be involved. What does it mean to provoke something? Listen to what it means to provoke something. It means to do things that give rise to a specific reaction. To do things that give rise to a specific reaction. I can provoke you to smile to me by smiling to you. I wave my hand. That's how I provoke you. I can provoke you to greet me by greeting you. I can provoke you to give things to me on my birthday by giving things to you on your birthday. So many times, the problem is the power is not working well inside us. The power is not working well. And I'm going to tell you the things you need to do to make the power work well inside you. Because it's according to the power. It's not according to the nature of God. It's not according to the will of God. It's not according to the fact that he's done it for others. Many of us have had people around us who every time they are, God exceeds their expectation. But he has never done that in our case once. The job you have is even below your expectation. The house you live in is below your expectation. The husband you married is below your expectation. One woman said to me, of all the men in this world, look at Jagbajantis. Say, look at what I'm ending up with. I mean, a woman told me. He said, well, all the men in this church, look at this one, who does not have a job. Now, that is below expectation. But there are some other ladies who say, I had never thought you, uh, a husband like that can ever come my way. Now, why is it that it's not happening with me? It's because the power of God is not working well inside you. Because it's according to the power that works well in me. So who is to blame? You, of course. Many times we blame the devil. The Bible did not say it's according to what the devil can or cannot do. It's not according to the color of your skin. It's not according to having a degree or not having a degree. When the power of God is not working inside you as it should be working, then you have a deficiency. It cannot exceed your expectation. He wants to. It is his nature. It is his will. There are promises. He has done it for others. The time of it has come. I mean, but he cannot do it according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. You need to do all you can to get the power of God working well inside you. And I'm going to share with you seven ways that you can kickstart the power of God inside you so that you begin to experience a life of exceeded expectation. I told you I wanted a car, 200 Mercedes. He gave me a 230E. <laughs> but many times God has exceeded my expectation. He had given me not just things that I asked for, but things that were exceeding abundantly above. Because I concentrate on the power that works in me. Whether you know it or not. You know the place where God begins to work? Inside you first. 
Philippians 1 6 he said I'm confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you you focus too much on the externals instead of focusing on the internal Philippians 2 that he said God is at work in me hallelujah both to will and do of his good pleasure Christ in you is the hope of glory so when the power begins to work well inside you tonight you begin to see him exceed your expectation with ease. You see him exceed your expectation with ease. You'll ask him for a one-bedroom house. He'll give you a two-bedroom house for the same price of one bedroom. Hallelujah. He will give you a job with added value, not something below what you expect. So every time, where do we need to concentrate? The power that works in us. So what do I need to do very quickly tonight? You and I need to be very involved in the process. He is able to do. Ability is never God's problem. But the power that is working in us is the problem. Amos 3.3, 3, can two work together except they be agreed? The power that is working in us is the problem. So in the next few minutes, I want to deal with how to get God's power to work in us in such a way that we'll begin to experience God exceeding our expectations. I'm going to give you seven of them. There are some of the things you know, but if you don't know how to deploy it, you may still not get the best of results from it. Number one, to get his power to work properly in us, the first thing to do is to make an effort to eliminate to remove, to pull down, to destroy, to discard, to approach everything in us, which does not allow the power within us to work as it should be. There are certain things in our life that are obstacles to the divine flow of God's currency. Obstacles, hindrances, things that stand in the way. Isaiah 57, 14 says, Gather the stones out of the way. Isaiah 62, 10 says, Gather, remove obstacles out of the way of my people. So there are obstacles, as it were, in our lives that we need to uproot. We need to identify some barriers. As the scripture have said, that we help the power of God work well inside us. But under this point, wrong association. Wrong association. The company you keep may be the reason why the power of God is not working well inside you. You are associated with the wrong people. Iron sharpened iron. There is a class of people God wants you to associate with. There is a fellowship that God approves. Why there is a fellowship God does not approve? Psalm 1 verse 1, walk blessed. He said blessed, blessed, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, that stand not in the ways of sinner, that sit on the seat of his comfort. He don't stand in the way of sinner, you don't see the seat of his comfort. So you need to eliminate certain things, habits, attitude. You need to turn inward. Lamentations 340. He said, let us try, let us examine our ways. Let us return to God. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 59, he says, I thought on my ways. God told Israel in Haggai 1, 5, he said, consider your ways. Haggai 1, 7, consider your ways. God sees your ways. There is nothing about your way that is hidden before God. 
Job 31, 4, does he not see my ways and count my steps? One of the reasons why you are not experiencing God, God exceeding abundant manifestation, there are certain things that are choking the power of God within you. The power of God is in you. First John 4, 4, you have got little children and have overcome them, but greater is he that is in you. Envy is choky. Gossiping is choky. Bitterness will choke. Unforgiveness will choke. Lack of seriousness, lack of commitment will choke. Proverbs 25 verse 4, it says, remove the dross from the silver and a vessel shall come out for the final. Second Timothy 2 21, if a man shall purge himself of these things, then shall he become a vessel of honor, meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. If you're going to be very serious, examine yourself. Certain things are not allowing God's power to work well inside you. You blame everybody, you blame the Satan, you blame devils, you blame demons, you blame the color of your skin. But is God's hand shut that he cannot save? Are his eyes blind that he cannot see? Are his ears deaf that he cannot hear? Jeremiah 5.25 says this. This is the bottom. It says, your sins and your iniquities withhold good things from you. Sin. Somebody says sin. I'm not talking about things like fornication. I'm talking about, let me give you three definitions of sin. Proverbs 24 verse 9. He said the thought of foolishness is sin. You're thinking. James chapter 4 verse 20, the last verse, verse 17, said to him that knoweth to do good and does not do it is sin. If you doubt, the Bible says doubt is a sin. Romans 14, 23. He said he that doubted, sin it. So it's important for you to understand it says, your, it says, your sins have withhold, withhold good things from you. Your sins are your iniquities. Every transgression of the law is sin. You keep somebody in your mind who has offended you. You don't release them. You don't allow them. You, you owe them. You come to offer your gift at the altar. And someone has something against you, and you expect God to exceed your expectation. He doesn't work like that. He doesn't work like that. To him that knoweth to do good, and he does not do it, it's sin. Simple definition. And that sin will obstruct you, just like if you had stolen all the money in the bank. Just like you have probably annexed somebody's wife and taken over their houses. So it's important for you to understand this according to the power that works in you. But if you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. Psalm 66 verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We are expecting God to exceed our expectation. He's able to, but according to the power. But the power is not working well inside you because of sin and iniquity. Sin and iniquity will cheat you out of life's best. It will allow you to have all that God wants you to have. It will allow you to get to the place God wants you to get to. It will allow you to become everything that God wants you to be. So your sins and your iniquities. Listen to this one. When it says, your sins and your iniquities withhold good things from you. One translation says, it is your crime that keeps such blessings back. It is your sin that spoils your welfare. <laughs> sin is spoiling your welfare. You don't pay tithe. Sin is you are disobedient. You are a rascal. 
you are a squadron. First Samuel 15, 22. He says to obey is better than sacrifice, to hacken than the fat of rice. Rebellion is that the sin of witchcraft. We are a witch. Can you imagine? And a witch should not be allowed to live under the old covenant. So let's understand it. One other one says, your crimes have made all this go all this go wrong. Your sins have deprived you of these favors. For God to exceed your expectation is a favor. He said, but your crime will not allow you to experience the favor. Your crime, <laughs> the way you're not committed to God, it does not allow the work of the power of God to work well inside you. You work with the wrong people, you go to the wrong places, you have the cho wrong choices, you have the wrong priorities, you have the wrong commitment, you have the wrong association. Evil communication corrupt good manners. First Corinthians 15, 22. God can destroy a person not because of what he does, but because of the group he works in. God told Israel, don't have anything to do with those guys. If you have something to do with them, then I will have to do to you as I plan to do to them. Let me see this translation. He said, but your wrongdoing has upset nature's order. And your sin have kept from you her kindly gifts. It's a gift of God to exceed my expectation. But your sins, simple sins, the thought of foolishness. When you begin to make some thought, look at that man in the Bible that was called a ritual. What killed him? His thought. He never said anything. The thought was a thought in his heart. So it's important for you to understand. He said he is able. Ability is not a problem. Nature is not a problem. Will is not a problem. That he has not done it before is not a problem. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above according to the power that works. But something is not making God's power to work well inside. It's not allowing God's power to have a free course. If God's power has a free course in your life, he will exceed your expectation. You will see him do things that you will virtually blow your mind. He said, I am come that you may have life. And that you may have it more abundantly. Abundantly. That is what he wants us to have it. Not just in quantity, but in quality. Number two. Another thing that will ensure that the power of God is working well inside us. And provoke God to exceed our expectation. Look at this one. Is our love for God. I want to explain that in a minute. Our love for God. God loves each and every one of us. Jeremiah 31.3 said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Ephesians 2.4 said, the love that God has for us is a great love. Ephesians 1.6 says, he, we have been accepted in the beloved. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, God proved his loss towards us. In the world where yes sinners, Christ died for us. John 13 verse 1. Having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them to the end. There is no problem with God loving us. But you know the thing that God's love to all you can give you? Those six things. That is how far. God's love will give you the first six things I told you about. But when it comes to, and I'm going to show you in a minute, when it comes to God exceeding your expectation, it is not just God's love for you, but your love for him. He loves us. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, Behold, what form of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, he said we love him because he first loved us. Let me now explain this here. 
it is God's love for us that causes him to do for us general things. General things. It causes him for rain to fall, fruitful seasons. If God will do something special, specific and personal for us, it will be in his response to our individual love for him. Let me tell you how it is. God loved us. He has sown the seed in our hearts. If God is going to do extraordinary things, and I'm going to show you in the scripture, for us, it will be based on our love for him, not his love for us. His love for us makes him do ordinary things, the basic things. You get a job, it's his love for you. You have a bride, it's his love for you. You get a good position, it's his love for you. But if he's going to now exceed that one, it's not going to be determined by his love for you. It's going to be determined by your love for him. And the Bible talks about that. And I don't understand why many Christians don't see it. You see, God's love for us is equal, but our love for God is not equal. Every one of us here, we are on the level of our love to God. Let me ask you, compare your love for God to your love for yourself. People give excuses not to serve God. Is that not true? There are people who are not here now. There is a reason. But you know why? If there is a will, there will be a way. If you love God, you will set everything aside and it will be your priority. Compare your love for others. There are men who love their wives more than God. Idol, False John 5, 21. He said, little children, keep yourself from idols. Your children could be your idol. I know people who don't come to midweek services because according to them, their children must sleep by seven. Who gave you the child? So your children have become an idol. I was warning one woman, I said, you have made your children, you have made your children idols. I said, remember, God is a jealous God. Don't let God become jealous. Don't let God become jealous because you are focusing on your children instead of God. One accident happened, the three children were in one car, they all died on the same day. God is a jealous God. Many of us use our job as an excuse. God will take the job. Oh, yeah. Because it is you God wants. You want your job. It is you God wants. Our love for God at times is so shallow. Listen, there are scriptures that tell us if you want something special, exceeding expectation, if you want God to blow your mind and exceed the expectation, there must be proof of your love for God. And there are scriptures that tell us this. Romans 8, 28, what does he say? He said, and we know. Now we think, now we pray, now we have heard. We know that all things work together for good for them who do what? Love God. It didn't say for those who God love. Some people say, well, God loves me. There's nobody who does not love. But you see, it is when you love him back that he loves you more. When you love him back, he loves you more. And he, ex he responds to it by exceeding your expectations. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? <laughs> Somebody said, I don't understand why God left me to go through that. Your love for God is a test. First Corinthians 2.9, listen to this scripture again. I have not seen, he have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the thing that God has reserved for, for those that love God. Not for those that God loves. God loves everybody. But if you are going to experience God exceeding your expectation, it's going to be determined by your love for him. Your love for him will put you in a class of one. James 1.12, blessed are those that endure temptation, 
For when they are tempted, they shall receive the crown of life which God have reserved for those who love him. You see that? We are all in a different class. God loves us equally. Agape love is the same. But we don't all love God the same. Some of you love your job more than God. Some of you love your, 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 your sports more than God. You love TV more than God. Because there is a soap that is about to appear on your TV. You miss prayer meeting in the church. Because of your wife and husband, you miss services. Now, when you do that, you are making God collide with that wife. Making God collide with that husband. Because God is a jealous God. Anything you esteem above God is an idol. Little children, keep yourself from idols. God's power is not working well because the love of God has not taken over your heart and life the way it should be. First John 2.15, love not the world, none of the things that are in the world. Some people will not come to church because their car breaks down. And they are going to go to the mechanic all Sunday morning to repair a car. Before you had a car, why are you not coming to church? Will a car separate you from the wonderful love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Many times, these are simple things that we do that does not allow the power of God to work in our lives. You don't love God enough. Pay ordinary tithe, one-tenth of your income. You're arguing. What are you arguing about? The entire ten over ten, who gave it to you? First Corinthians 4, 7. Who maketh you to differ from another? What is it that you have that you did not receive? So where and at what level is your love for God? At what level is it? <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. Matthew 22, 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Whatever love I love my wife with is what is left over from what I've loved God. Let God be true. Romans 3, 4. And let everybody be a liar. Ladies and gentlemen, where is your love for God? Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. He said, they that love me will I love. They that seek me early shall find me. Now look at that. They that love me will I love. That's after the initial love that he said. For God so loved the world. But he now says, they that love me will I love. They that seek me early shall find me. Many people don't, don't find the exceeding expectations with God. Because your love is not where it should be. God has promised those that love him special things. I want us to look at the scripture. Open your Bibles to Proverbs 8.21. I want you to see, I want you to see something here. You know when I talk, talk in Nigeria and everywhere I go. That I can remember so many years ago. How I became a billionaire without even being in politics or in business. How did it happen? Proverbs chapter 8, verse 21. What does it say? I will cause those that love me to inherit what? Substance. I will fill their treasure. He said, I will cause those who love me. Not those that I love. You can't be rich just because God loves you. That's why many Christians are not rich. Oh, God loves me, so what? He loves everybody. But I'm talking about you loving God to such a point that God loves you more. That extra love is what makes him do exceedingly abundantly above. That extra love. 
is for those who have paid the price. If the power of God is working well inside you, there is no way God will not be exceeding your expectation on a constant basis. It will exceed your expectation. Before you call, it will answer. Why are you speaking? He has heard. These are promises in the Bible. Isaiah 65, 24. Before you call, I will answer. Why are you speaking? I will hear. So many people, they don't experience this thing because your love for God have not put you in a position where God can exceed your expectation. Love not the world. Another the thing that I, I tell people this, I said, I love God. I love God. I've exchanged God to be higher than everything and all things. I exchanged God to be higher than everything and all things. Love not the world, none of the things that are in the world. God told me as a young Christian, he said, I told my people to love me and to use things. He said, but my people love things and they are using me. Many people use God to get married. You see, God knows those who are using him. So when you come, he gives you ordinary things. You think it's breakthrough. It's not breakthrough. When a breakthrough happens, it will exceed your expectation. That is real breakthrough. Breakthrough is not I got a job. No, that's not a breakthrough. It was because you had a breakdown. That's why you need a breakthrough. But permanently, if you set your love upon him, Psalm 31 verse 23, he said those who set their love upon God, he said there is something God will do to them. Read Psalm 91 verse 14. He said because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. He set my love upon him, therefore will I deliver him. He said, he will call upon me, and I will answer him. He will cry unto me, I will make those, I will cause those that love me to inherit treasures. From who? From God. He said, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. You won't become rich because God loves you. That's not enough ground. You will become rich because you love him, and then he loves you back. There is something special I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has he entered into the hearts of men, the thing that he has reserved for those who do what? Those who go to church? For those who love him. And you know why? God knows whether you love him or not. You can't deceive God. You can't deceive me that you love me. One of our pastors came to me and said, I love you so much. I said, eh? He said, I love you to a point that if they want to shoot you like this, I will take my chest and collect the bullet. I told him, I told him, I said, I know you. I said, you know Jesus and Peter? I said, look, I'm telling you that not many days hence. If somebody tried to shoot me, you will tell them, give me the gun. You can't shoot him and kill him. Give me the gun. I know where to shoot him. And you know, six months down the line, that was exactly what happened. So number two, your love for God. It will have the power of God to work. Do you, you know what moves the power of God? Love. Love. That was what moved Jesus. For God so love. Love has a way to move. People, be, you see when I see Christians talk about their love for God, I think they don't know what we are talking about. They don't know what we are talking about. There are people who love their children more than God. They love their job more than God. They love their cars more than God. They think God is there and he will just take the crumbs. In the division of your income, how much does God get? I was telling someone, I said at the beginning of this year, on my own accord, nobody needed to tell me. 
I started paying 50% of my income as tight. 50%. Show me your love without action. I will show you my love by my action. You say you love God, but your action is contrary. You come late to church. You don't pay tight. You're absent from very important meetings. You're not serving the house of God. You're not doing what you should do. There is an action to love. Love is an active word. Number three. Another matter. We propose God to exceed our expectation. Is the way we respond to God. If you want God to exceed your expectation, you need to improve on the way you respond. The way you respond to God. I was talking about the way pastor responded. The way pastor responded. I'm going to give you seven ways to respond to God. Number one, always respond in the best way possible. The best. Give God your best response. Number two, respond quickly. Respond quickly. When thou yet seek my face, my soul answered within me, thy soul, O God, will I seek. James 1, 19, be swift to hear. Psalm 62, verse 11, once he said it twice, I had it, the power belongs to God. Respond quickly. Number three, respond well under pressure. You see, all these things are very important. These are the things that make the power of God to work well in us. And these are the things. You see, many want people God to respond exceeding their expectation. You have not in your response exceeded expectation. You are not even paying 10% as tight. You are paying below that. His expectation is minimum 10, not maximum 10. You have kept God on the same 10% for as many years as we are Christian. The way you respond, what does the word respond mean? It means what you say or what you do in answer, in reply, or in reaction to a demand that is placed on you. Isaiah 6, 9, 8, 6, 8. He said that I hear the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall go for us? Who shall I send? And I said, Here am I. Lord, send me. You know, in those days, my father had a way in which he rewards obedience. He would just say, One child there, one child there. Everybody will keep quiet. One child there, everybody will keep quiet. Anyone who answers first, evidently, by the time you go to my father, he will never leave you the same. He will do something for you that will blow your mind. So the way you respond to God is one of the ways in which you can determine whether God will exceed your expectation. The way you respond to God is a seed that you sow. What God will do in return, sow a seed to determine what God will do in return to us. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth. Respond well under pressure. If you're under financial pressure, respond well. If you're under physical pressure, respond well. Number four, learn also how to respond appropriately. Not just in the best way possible, not just quickly, not just under pressure, but appropriate. Appropriate means befitting. Look at what happened to Jonah. God cannot exceed his expectation when it comes to Jonah, but look at Job. Job exceeded God's expectation. Look at the way he responded to the predicament. Look at Job's wife. Job's wife said, why do you still retain your integrity? Why don't you cause God and die? 
What did Job say? Job said, naked I came into this world. Naked I go. The Lord has given. The Lord has taken. Blessed shall be the name of the Lord. That is what the Bible says. And God blessed Job twice as much as he had in the beginning. The way you respond to God. Respond appropriately. Let me give you one more there. Respond in a way to inspire others around you. The way Job responded in his problem inspires me. So the way we respond to God will, will make the power of God. It's an indication that the power of God is working well inside us. When they say, how many people will give us 10 pounds, 100 pounds for this program? You're still sitting down there. I want 20 people. You're still sitting and counting the number of people who have come out. One, two, three, four, five. You're still counting. You're still thinking. But you see, you want God to exceed your expectation. But look at the way you are operating. When you are dealing with God. He be God, he no be man. He be God, he no be man. Seek ye first the kingdom. I like it when your response is instant. Your response is not negotiated. Your response doesn't, doesn't have to be something you consider. He needs me. I'm here. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will. You see, the way people respond is an indication of how the power of God is working inside them. When I, gave, when I put a demand, I sent the letter, I sent the same text to 10 pastors. He was the first person to respond in five minutes. I said, this man's heart is with me. Somebody have not responded to you today. <laughs> Up to now as I'm talking. They have not responded. Pastor Claire also responded quickly. And he got back to me and said, oh, we have a program for 25th. I said, okay, no problem. Then he come and said, we will accommodate you in the program. You can see that something is working in his heart that shows that it's close. The way you respond is a gauge of your spiritual condition. Don't tell me with your mouth. God tests the heart. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. He said, my son, give me your heart. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro to the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart. Where does he look at? Heart. Hebrews 4, 13. We are naked and open in the eyes of God with whom we have to deal. When we in our actions to God exceed his expectation of us, you can expect him to exceed our expectation of him. When God called you like this, bam, and you reply, bam, of course, it will exceed your expectation. It will exceed your expectation. God had to tell the devil, look at Job. He had to tell him, I'm proud of Job. He's somebody that, look, he has exceeded my expectation. And when Job went through the problem, he never cursed God. Look at the way he carried himself under pressure. Look at the way he kept responding. He said, no, even if he's going to kill me, I'll trust in him. What a fantastic spirit. That's why the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. Job 42, 12, more than the very beginning. According to the power. You see, I don't have a problem with knowing the state of the power of God in your life. The way you respond, that's all. In our church, when I say, I need 10,000, I will not tell you I need 10,000 naira. If I don't need it. And the way you respond 
It's an indication of the way the power of God is working inside you. If you slow and drag, you are sowing a seed for God to be slow and drag when your own time comes. Because you still have a need. Today it is the need of God. Tomorrow to be your own need. Tomorrow to be your own need. According to the power. How do I know the state of somebody's power? The way they respond. There are some people when you say, give something. They, that you, you will now see them manifest all the demons you've not seen before. According to the power that worketh in me. How can I know the way you respond? First Samuel 2.30, he said, They that honor me, will I honor. They that despise me, I will also lightly esteem. It's important for us to get to this point. The person who exceeds God's expectation can always expect God to exceed his own expectation. When God asked Solomon, 2 Corinthians 1.7, 1 Kings 3.5, Ask me what I shall give you. What Solomon asked, exceeded God's expectation. He didn't ask for the life of his enemies. He didn't ask for money or riches. What did he ask for? Wisdom. What did God give him? Exceeded what he asked for. The Bible said in 1 Kings 3.10, when Solomon asked what he asked, he said, and the words of Solomon pleased God, made him happy. That, ah, ah, of all the things, I've been in some places, some churches, and I asked the pastor, what do I want? What do you want me to do for you? He said, well, we have a building fund, and I want it to support. So that says, just lay your hands on it. That will exceed my expectation. Because there's nobody who does not need money. But you see, they exceed the spiritual matters of greater things than the physical matters. The way you are going to get the exceeding expectation, ex uh, your expectation exceeded, is by God's power walking in you. Number four, because I want to get this quickly done and make sure I share this with you. Another thing that will ensure God exceeds your expectation is when we properly relate with and get connected to the church of God. Now listen to me. The scripture Ephesians 3 verse 20 was written to the church. It was not written to an individual. People don't understand the place of the church in the plan of God. The most important collectivity of people in the world today, the church of God. Not the, the, the house of lords. Not the house of commons. The most important group of people in this country to God, his church. The word church appears in the New Testament around 14 times. 96 times it refers to a local church like this. The way you connect to the church, the way you relate to the church, is an important thing that will make the power of God work well in your heart. When you always come to church without doing anything, without serving, without being a participating member of the body, the power of God is not working well. The power of God is not working well. If the power of God is working well, he said he's at work in me, both to will and to do. If the power of God is working well, you will be doing something in the house. You will play keyboard. You will clean the floor. You sing. Those who are working are not in any way special. You also, 
There is no part of our body that is not doing one thing or the other. If you're a member of the body and you're not doing something, you're putting yourself in a position where the power of God is not working. It means the power of God is not working well. And in that way, what is the ground for God to exceed your expectation? When you are all below his expectation. It's one thing to worship God. It's another thing to serve God. There is no reward for worshiping God. The only reward is for serving God. So how do you relate to the church? How do you connect to the church? The, the, the church of God is so important. And the better you relate to the church of God, the more vibrant your Christianity will be. When you see someone who is not connecting to their church, who is not related to their church as they are, is an indication of a spiritual condition. That is where their love works cold. For as long as the coal is in the midst of the fire, it will not turn to ashes so soon. It will, provide, it will be provided with fire as it also gives us fire. As far as God is concerned, membership and involvement in his church is an important thing. The church of God is so important to God. You will see so many blessings attached. You see, anybody who touch the church, touch Christ. So the church is, a, there is no soil into which you can invest that can give you the kind of returns that investing in the church will give you. According to the power that works in you. When the power of God is working well, you serve. When the power of God is working well, you belong so that you can become. God is not asking you to be a passive member of the body of Christ. And until you get committed and get related and get connected to the church and everything about the church, there will be a limit to what you can get. No plant can grow in a pot better than it grows when it's planted. Are you potted or planted? There are people who are potted in church. Say, what church? That church. Nobody knows you. You are not active. You are not adding any value. You are an arithmetic figure. One of them. Every Sunday they say, one, two, three. That's the only value you add. They just count you as a figure. You don't play no instruments. You don't incorporate any equipment. It should be unjust for God to reward us equally. Somebody who comes to church without doing anything. A member of the body that's not doing anything. It should be cut off. It doesn't belong. You must function as a member of the body. Ephesians 5, 30 says we are flesh of his flesh and we are bone of his bone. When Apostle Paul was touching Christians who were active, Jesus said, why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? The church of God is very important. Whereby he's able to do. How? Exceeding. How? Abundantly. How? Above. All that we ask according to the power that works in us. Let me tell you six things you need to do to show that you are connected to a church. You are relating to the church the way you should relate. Number one, attendance at normal and special services. You come to normal and special. There are some people who are going to show up in this Jesus conference tomorrow for the first time. For the first time and the only time. The only reason why they are going to show up is because it's Sunday. Number two, join the church in membership. 
you join the church, you become a member. You join the church in membership. Every member of a household have their chores that they do. In your house, when somebody grows up to 15, there is something they do. In the house of God that you are a member, what do you do? You have a son, you have a daughter that's 15. They can't just be sitting consuming. You are a consumerist. You are not supposed to be that. God created you to produce, not to keep taking. Every time they sing, you raise up your life. You don't do anything. What do you do to add value? What difference are you making? Will we miss you if you don't come to church? No, we won't. The only thing we'll miss is that one. That's what we'll miss. One person, you. You know, our church in Lori is about 32 years old. All over the world, when I travel, some people will see me and say, I was a member of your church. I said, from when to when? From 92 to 90. I said, I don't know you. He said, yes, I was just there. <laughs> but there are some people immediately I see them and say, ah, you, you're here. Why? They were functioning parts. The memory of such people is blessed. There are some people in this church, if they don't come one Sunday, who will know. Look at that keyboardist with Gemu. It's always there. Whenever I see him, I'm excited. We had a conference, minister's conference. I saw him with his game. You know, I don't know that young men of nowadays, you prefer game. We, the older people, are shaving it. You are keeping your own. <laughs> older people shave their beards. Younger people are keeping it. I don't know why, but probably the thing is, it's cool. That is, it's cool. My son's beard is almost like Osama bin Laden. So I said, what is going on here? He said, I want them not to look at my baby face. The beard make me look fearsome. I said, look, I'm not terrified with your beard. Nothing. I know you where you are. So that nothing terrifies me. <laughs> so connection to the church. Number three, how do I connect to the church? By helping to maintain the storehouse. Become committed financially. Anything that is of value to you, you commit financially. If your marriage is, fin is of value, you commit. If your children are of value, you pay school fees. You make sure they eat. You make sure you buy clothes. Number four, be committed to the vision and the mandate of the house. What is the vision of Great Light Connections? I don't know what it is, but you know. Some people come to this church, they don't even know what the meaning of Great Light Connections is. Say, so where is the church you come from? One church there, it's like somewhere there. You don't even know what the vision is. You don't know what the mandate is. Those are evidences of connection. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above. If you are going to profit from a word that God has given a church, you will be connected to the church. Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13. They that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Your ability to flourish and have your expectations exceeded is connected to your planting. Isaiah 61.2 It tells us, he said, he said to appoint unto them that morning, 61.3 to appoint unto them that morning Zion beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for, I mean, the government of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy for those who are sad, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord 
that he may be glorified. Glorified means, you see, when he said he may be glorified, in our lives when we are planted, you see glory coming out. You see our life giving glory to God. Number five, have I given you number five? Number four. Number five, submission, unquestionable submission and loyalty to leadership. You submit to leadership. When you are traveling, you say, sir, I'm traveling. Not that you just disappear. You submit to leadership. In unquestionable obedience, you submit to the power that be. There, are some, there was a girl in our church some years ago. She came to me after the service on Sunday and said, Dad, I'm traveling. On, I'm traveling. There's a car outside taking us to Lagos. I'm traveling. I looked at her and for some reason I said, don't travel. He said, okay, sir. Okay, sir. Okay, sir. She did not say, I'm a Christian like you. Why would you tell me not to travel? What I made up my mind to travel. Are you my father? But she listened to me. On Wednesday, she came to church. said, Dad, you know what happened? I said, no. He said, that car that traveled on Sunday had an accident and all of them died. What kept her alive was unquestionable obedience. Many of you buy houses. You don't even tell the pastor. You change jobs. He's not even aware. You even went to get married through the window. All you come and show us the ring. Say, see. You know, that's why, you see, when God, if God is going to invest in us, we need to justify it. He has loved us. But you and I need to show respect to the powers that be. Romans 13 verse 1. He said, let every soul be subject to higher powers. There is no power that be except ordained of God. You must be unquestionably submitted to leadership. Submit to leadership. I want to get married, sir. But you see, the sister I've seen, I wanted to pray over it too, sir. Let me look at it. Use the eyes of the elder to sample her for me. And let the conclusion not only be me. Two are better than one. That is unquestionable submission. There are people I have told, don't marry this person. They went ahead and married. Today, the wife and the husband are dead. Because they're shutting themselves, they're shutting their lives together. They were not intended to be together. Bloody and deceitful men will not spend half of their days. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 16 and 17, it says you can die before your time. By the wrong thing or whatever you do. So learn how to. These are the things that show that the power of God is not working well inside you. This girl says, sir, okay, sir. And that was it. Wednesday she came and said, they died, though. He said, all of them died. He said, can I travel now? I said, yes. That's unquestioned. That's not, I'm not dominating her. I'm a helper of her faith. I'm not lord of her faith. I'm a helper of her joy. For by faith, she'll stand. But when God puts you under somebody, he takes charge. Know them that have the rule over you and are over you in the Lord and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Do not take the laws into your hand. Psalm 68 verse 6, that's why God sets you in families. The Lord set the solitary in families. In those days when we want to leave the house, we tell our father, I'm going to play ball there. I say, okay, go. But don't come later than 10 or 7. Don't come later than 7. And we obey. In the house of God, the house of God is a place of covering. It is a place where you are protected and insulated from all those things that are flying outside there. 
So what are you saying, sir? What I'm saying that this, he's able to do. But there are certain things in us that are not allowing the power of God to work. One of these, you are not connected. If you are not connected as you should be connected, why will we send current to you? Why? You're not connected. Number six is you must participate in every program and activity of the church. Men's fellowship, attend if you're a man. Women's fellowship, attend if you're a woman. Singles fellowship, attend if you're a single. Professional fellowship, affect. Please listen to me, those of you who are wives. If the pastor says, I want all men to wait, and your husband says, let's go. Say, ah, are you not a man? Are you a boy? Didn't you hear what the pastor said? He said, men should wait. And if it's a woman, I mean, the pastor says, or the pastor's wife says, please, I want all the women to wait, please. I'll have an important message. And your wife says, please, let me go. You see, my baby here is already hungry. Let's go. Say, ah! Are you not a woman? Are you a girl? They say, women should wait. May ye help us of one another. These are the things that do not allow God to exceed our expectation. Because you are performing below expectation. You are performing. Your lifestyle in the way you are connected to the church is not allowing the full sap of what the church carries to flow inside you. He's able to do. Exceedingly abundantly able. There's no power with God. No, 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 no loss of power. No drop in voltage. But according to the power that works in you. That is where the problem is. The power of God is not working well in you. How? I notice this. You are not connected. You are not planted. You are not committed. You don't belong so that you can become. You have not been baptized in water. You don't take Holy Communion. You don't come to prayer meetings. All of these are indications that the power is not working well inside you. Because of time, let me try and give you at least two more here before your money finishes. Number five. <laughs> Another thing that will ensure that God exceeds our expectation in what he does for us is if we can be trusted or if he finds us faithful. If you can be trusted. Let me tell you this as a young Christian. God says, if you believe in me, I will give you ordinary blessings. He said, but if I can trust you, I will commit to your hand the true riches. It's not everybody that can be trusted. It's not everybody that God will say, I trust this guy. Uh -huh. Do you know God said something about Abraham? You see, so many years ago, I saw that Abraham was the father of many nations. And God was speaking about Abraham in Genesis 18, verse 7 and 8, 7 to 9. He said, will I do a thing and hide it from Abraham? He said, seeing that we become a great nation, he said, because I know him, he will command his house and his children after him to obey my laws and to do my commandments. It's not everybody that can be trusted. You see, if God cannot trust you, why will he put things in your hand that you're not going to be faithful with? God wants to prove your faithfulness first. God is looking for faithful people, not able people. First Corinthians 4, 2, he said, but over his worship, a man must be found faithful. What does faithful mean? Reliable, dependable. God told me, he said, 
when I trust you, when you believe in me, I give you ordinary blessings. He said, but when I trust you, I give you extraordinary. Do you know why some people don't get so much money? God can't trust some people with money. Money, if it is too much, will kill some people. You know, when I see people flaunt things in the papers, I am this, I am that, I just laugh. The real deep waters run still. Empty barrel makes the loudest noise. Deep waters run still. God is looking for faithful people. Psalm 101 verse 6, he said, my eyes shall be upon the faithful in the land that they may be with me. He said, those are the people I want to be with. Pastor, let me tell you this. Don't ever entrust things in the church to people who are able and trust it to those who are faithful. Let faithfulness be the gauge for committing things to people's hands because that's the gauge that God uses. Someone looked at me and said, sir, you have traveled to 126 countries. If I were you, I would do this, I would do that. I said, thank God, that's why you cannot become me. He said, if I have the kind of exposure you have, you travel to 126 countries. You've experienced life at the very top. He said, ah! He said, I will not be ordinary like you. I said, I understand. You'll be sounding trumpet as you go ahead. When you're going to the toilet, you'll be sounding trumpet. When you want to give offering, you'll be sounding trumpet. One pastor came to see me in America. A church of less than 120 people, 70 people followed him. Followed her. A woman, not a man. 70 people. So I said, ah, why do you bring 70 people to just here? Because when I went to the church, I saw that there were 120. Ah, but the people that she came with. He said, as I move. I said, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think God will give her accident? No. If that kind of a person have 5,000 people, she will line the streets. She will walk from her house to church. She won't come in a vehicle. God, you see, when you look at something, you know the power of God is not working well. They can't be relied upon. They can't be trusted. They can't, God will commit to your hand what you can be accountable for. God told me years ago, he said, he recruits people from churches where the pastor is not faithful and takes them to churches where they will be taken care of. You read it in Jeremiah 23 verse 4. See, I will take them from churches. We are the, the Bible said, the Lord is, people have forgotten that sheep belong to God. He is a shepherd. And he wants sheep to lie down in green. You see, when sheep get to green pastures, they lie down. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. But when the pastures is not green, the sheep are restless. What can I do to provoke this? Become faith. Become somebody that can be dependent upon. If God were to give you a million pounds today, what will you do with it? I have been where money. I say, well, I say money. As far back as 2003, I was a billionaire in Nigerian currency. No matter what currency you translate it to, I'm no joke. <laughs> when, when I say that, no paraphernalia. When I was going to do my sixth birthday, let me tell you something. I wanted to buy a Rolls Royce to celebrate myself. So I went to the place where they sell Rolls Royce. 
I priced it. They had made arrangement. All I wanted to do was transfer the money. And God says, stop. You are a fool. He said, you want to be driving Rolls Royce on the street of Ilori. He said, you know what I want to do? I said, no. He said, put that money in the fixed deposit. The interest, use it to help the poor, the sick, students who are looking for admission, who don't have school fees to pay, people who have lost their kidney. Help them with trillion transplant. Give it to orphanages. That is what I have been doing since I turned 60. Rolls Royce. I bought a, I bought a custom-made car, two of them, in, 19, in 2009. The first one I bought, today is not up to 3,000 miles. The second one I bought is not up to 500 miles. Now you want to buy a Rolls Royce to be accumulating dust. But you know, what I'm saying is I just wanted to celebrate myself. I wanted to show that, ah, uh -uh. oh boy. <laughs> but you see, if the power of God were not working well inside me, that's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. I went to somebody's house and I saw all Christian minister of the gospel, all manners of exotic cars. I said, ah, uh ah. -uh. He had to put air condition. In the place where he stored the cars, and then fan on each car, pew 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 on a car. When people are stabbing on the street, just next door, just down the road from where you are, he is able to do. You see, the point is that can God trust you with money? Can God trust you with many souls? Can God trust you with the kind of ministry that I have? Can God? You see, the point is this. According to the power that works in. According to the power. You see, when you get to a point, you have so much power that God only gave you because you are faithful. One of the most difficult things to find, faithful people. Psalm 12, verse 1. He said, help, Lord. The faithful men have ceased from among the children of men. Proverbs 26. He said, every man will profess his own, his, own, his own loyalty. He said, but a faithful man who can find. That is why you see God does not exceed people's expectation. When he exceeded the expectation of the fool in Luke 12, do you know there is prosperity that kills? Prosperity that takes away the life of the owner. Read it in Proverbs from verse one, from Proverbs chapter 1. Read it. Let me even read it so that you understand. There, you see, there are some things that when God gives it to you, it will shorten your days. If you can handle it. If you are reckless. When I saw this scripture so many years ago as a young Christian, I said, God, <laughs> look at what it says. The last three verses. It said, verse 32. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. The prosperity of fools shall what? That was what happened to Luke in Luke 12. The rich fool. It was his prosperity that destroyed him. How can I provoke? Become reliable. When they give you something, take care of it like your soul. There are some people you cannot even keep a keyboard in their charge. You can't keep a drum set. You can't keep the key of your car. They'll be using it as kabu kabu. You can't. Now, you now, if you're not faithful in that which is another man, who will give you your own? 
You are not faithful in being an usher, in cleaning the floor, in leading the choir. You don't want to pastor. Do you think God is, is blind? You who can't take care of 18 people in the choir, you don't want to pastor a church. That's why you see some churches will remain small forever. God will not exceed their expectations because it's a dangerous thing to give them. There are some people, I always tell people, I said, there are some people that God, you see, God knows you. Nobody's, nobody's hidden. There is nothing about us that God does not know. Psalm 139 verse 2, he knows our uprising, he knows our sound season, he knows our thought of Pharaoh. The true riches are only for the faithful people. Let me give you number six. Another thing that will ensure that God exceeds your expectation is when you are grateful and thankful. If you are a thankful person, there is another age where I come from that anyone for whom you do good and is not show gratitude is like a thief that I've just robbed you. If you are grateful and thankful for something that God did, you can expect more. How many of you know that if someone that you helped out, that you assisted, shows gratitude for the assistance. Of course, next time, you do more. Many people are not grateful and thankful for what God has already done. Remember in Luke 17? The man did not, out of the ten of them, only one person came back. Verse 11. And with a louder voice than the voice of the petition. You know, let me say this. Many of us are still complaining about what God has given us. We are not even grateful that we got anything. I'm a very grateful person. Because I know God is able to do so much more after we show gratitude. You see, we're there not ten that we are cleansed. Why is it that one person came back? The person that came back was not only cleansed, he was made what? Oh, exceeded. What they came for was for cleansing. What Jesus told them to go for was for cleansing. But that man was not only cleansed. Let me tell you what it means to be cleansed. I want it means to be whole. You see, where you are, leprosy is a very terrible disease. When it begins to affect you, your fingers begin to go off on their own and fall off. And that's all you can do. Fingers and toes begin to fall off. Now you can be cleansed. Whereby the sores and the openings are closed up. But that does not mean that the fingers are going to be restored. But when that man showed gratitude, the Bible said he was made, the fingers that were lost were restored. God can exceed it. Be grateful. That little car, be grateful that you have a car. That one bedroom house, be grateful that you have a house. You need to be thankful. Psalm 92 verse 1, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto your name, O Most High. Psalm 89, verse 1, I will sing of the mass of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known. Let me tell you his testimony here. I'll probably close with this point number six. And just mention point number seven. I went to preach for a man in Zambia so many years ago. I was there for two weeks. At the end of the service, the man came to me. I mean, I just came back from that same church. In those days, they were just about 50, but now they're about 30,000. Big mega church now. So the man thanked me and said, sir, thank you so much for coming. And then he gave me a honorarium of $300. Two weeks wages. 
And then he says, please pray for me. I, want, I told him, I said, I want to thank you for these $300 you've given me. I want to appreciate you. Thank you so much. I prayed with him about the money. But I said, you kneeled. I laid my hands on him and I blessed him. As I finished, listen to this. As I finished, a man came who was in the service. I didn't know him. But God saw that with my heart, I was so grateful for the $300. And the man said, excuse me, sir. I said, yes, sir, I was in the service. I said, I remember seeing you in the service. Because when the church is about 50 people, you know everybody by face. He said, as I was going home, he said, I was talking to my wife. And we're all excited about what you've done tonight, sir. And what you did in the service. He said, but the Lord said, I should go back. And I should collect your account. The man said, I am the governor of the reserve bank. Now, here was the governor of the central bank of the country in an African country. You know, in a European country, you may not appreciate. But African governor of the central bank. So, the pastor said, I didn't even know he was the governor of the central bank. He said, yes. He said, so I want you to give me your bank account. And I will wire some money to you. I didn't know what was wire. This was 1994. I said, wire? I said, there's no reason to wire money to the account. Wire me here. Wire me now. <laughs> I said, wire me directly. The man said, no, I can't wire you. So I can't wire you. I can't wire you. Eventually, that man sent me $100,000. You know what? If I were critical of the little I was given, I said, ah, look at this man. He has cheated me. Didn't you know I was coming? It was a whole year we planned this program. Look at what you have given me. Didn't you? You will have aborted the process of the exceeding abundantly above because of ingratitude. One of the sins many people have in life is that they are not grateful. The sin of ingratitude is a great sin. We need to thank God for little masses. I remember when I first of all married my wife. She came out of gospel faith mission. She thanked me for everything. Everything I did, she would thank me for it. So I also started thanking her for everything. You know, there are some of us, your wife will put a food in front of you. She doesn't need to cook for you, rascal. You went to work, she went to work, she's still cooking. You are there doing like. So thank you very much. You know, those are words that should be on our lips all the time. Grateful to God. I want to thank God for you. Thank God for. I mean, I was all, all the time till now. Some people live with me for two weeks. They say I'm difficult. My wife has lived with me for 35 years. This morning when I woke up, I said thank you. Even before I came to this service tonight. I said, thank you for living with me. Because I too know it. how difficult it is it to live with myself. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, thank you for sitting near me. <laughs> Thanksgiving opened the windows of heaven. Whatever little you have, receive it with thanks. As those who believe and know the truth. You know, many people, when they get things, they complain and then they ask for more. No, it's not time to ask for more. God told me tonight that he just wants people to thank him. 
Just thank God. You are complaining of the house, the job you have. There are people who are not alive. They woke up this morning, they are gone. My own senior brother who is a professor of cardiothoracic surgery. On the 29th of January, the wife slept. He didn't wake up. In one of the foremost professors of cardiothoracic surgery in UCH. The wife slept by him. They still spoke about 2.30. By 4.30, she was gone. We need to learn how to be grateful. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. You see, let me say this to you. There is just a step between us and death. People don't know. First Samuel 23 said there is a step between me and death. When you are grateful, you will see the window of heaven blessing open over your life. Thank you. Thank you, my keyboardist. I'm going to stop on number six, but you see, this is the point I wanted to understand tonight. According to the power that does what? That is where the problem is. As to God, he is able to. He is able to. He is able to raise up children from stones. But it's going to be according. Two are better than one because they have a better reward. The problem is not God. Is Working with us is difficult. We are not faithful. We are not planted. We don't love him. We don't love him. Do you know that when God withholds some blessing for a while, it makes us love him more? There are some people in our church, when I see them at vigil, I know that something is happening in their place of work. When I see them fasting, I'm praying, I ask them, nothing, hope nothing. <laughs> because I know that something has happened. When God holds some things back, is to draw us close to himself. The problem has never been God's ability. He's able to exceed your expectation. You see, since I learned this thing I'm talking to you about, I have no where the correction is. My passport as a British citizen. <laughs> Do you know some people say, send your passport to the home office and it will be there for two, three years. My own never went to anywhere. From the time I applied to the time I did the organization was about six months. Everything. Why? God exceeded my expectation. I met a lawyer and I told him I want the British passport. He said, okay. Work on it. He said, I have something with the home office. A private arrangement. He said, because I'm this. He called himself. Don't give me some degree. I can't know what this degree is about. He said, you have to qualify like that. So, he said, let me take your passport there. He took the passport there. They photocopied it. They pictured it. They videoed it. He gave me, he said, travel anywhere you want. He said, in six months, your passport will be ready. Just like he said it. Now, God exceeded. When I, my brother, who has been married to a British, for only God knows donkey years, is just, is on the process now. Me, I've got him my own so many years ago. He's still struggling now. I'm still the one advising him. When he had indefinite leave to remain years ago, I didn't even know the way to London then. Like this. 
But you see, when the power works well here, you will see things that are strange. People say, are you the only one? How many of you are ready to be like that? You will not only be the standard, you will be outstanding. You will be the reference point. Tonight, I want you to connect to grace. God, I want you to begin to exceed my expectation. You must have a testimony this month that God exceeded your expectation. I went to Australia years ago. Years ago. I got visitor's visa to Australia. Visitor's visa. When I got there, the pastor in whose church I preached, I didn't even know he was a member of parliament. Do you know he got me stay in Australia with Nigerian passport? I, did, I said, no, I'm not going to stay. He said, let me put it there. He said, let me go. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not interested. He said, I'm going back. He said, hey, let me put it there. He went, I didn't know. He said, I will make a case for you. When God, I told you, I said, this is not what I came here for. He said, but this is what I'm being led to do for you. Ah, by force? The man went to the bank and opened an account for me and put money there. I was still looking at the bank pass. 5,000 Australian dollars. I've not touched it since. He forced me to do everything. They took my finger, everything. In the bank. Do you want God to exceed your expectation? Do you think it's impossible? You see, it looks impossible because the power is not working. The number seven point I will have given you is the power of faith. Faith can make incredible things to happen. Incredible things. <laughs> we went somewhere to buy equipment. I said, we went somewhere to buy equipment. This woman have had this equipment and she wants to sell it. So we went there as a church. When we got there, she brought everything out. Plenty. She said, this is the amount of money. So I looked at her and said, I said, this money is very expensive. You're asking us. She said, tell me your price. I said, if I tell you my price, will you accept it? She said, some people followed me. Ministers in our church. I said, you know what we want to do? We want to pack everything and go. We don't want to pay anything. The woman started laughing. <laughs> he said, you're so funny. And she started laughing. Before I knew, she fell on the ground. She was laughing in the Holy Ghost. He said, pack it, pack it. As we were packing it, she was following us. Pack it. <laughs> the leaders that went with me said, ah. It's a different kind of life. When God begins to exceed. When God begins to exceed your expectation. But it's a life that the Bible promises us. Whereby he's able to do. Exceeding. Abundantly. Above. Exceeding means beyond limit. Abundantly means beyond size. Above means beyond height. Oh! According to the power. Put your hand on your chest. And say power of God. Begin to walk well here. Open your mouth and talk to God. Power of God begin to walk well here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. God, I wanted to exceed my expectation. I want to see spectacular manifestations. I want to see your intervention. I want to see your fingers. Your finger. 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 I want to see your finger. Exceed my intention. 
exceed my expectation. You believe God for a child, he gives you twins. You begin God for a job in London, he gives you a job in Europe. He is able to exceed according to the power. The power must be at work. Go ahead and talk to God. 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 Karabo Sikapataya. Go ahead for two, three minutes. I have one call I'm going to make. Go ahead and talk to God. Oh dear, go ahead and talk to God. 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 According to the power. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Now listen to me, every head, but every eyes, because nobody's looking around. As I was praying to come here into this service, God says, as you tell you people, for those of you who know that you have been operating below your capacity as a person, in what you know about yourself, you should be far, far better than this. In what you know, you should be far, far better than where you are. You should have something far better than what you have. You should be doing something better than what you are doing. But you know, the problem is not that you don't feel like that. The problem is that you don't know what next to do. God said he will lead you and he will guide you. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Thou shalt hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. If you belong to that group, someone, you know, I should be far better than this. I should be ahead of this. I should be far, far ahead of this. It feels like you are nailed to the ground. It feels that things that should have happened have not taken place. And you have this conviction that, look, I'm better than this. I should not be where I am today. This is not where I should believe. This is not where I belong. If you belong to that category, put your hand on your chest. You are going to ask God to speak to you. You are going to ask God to direct you. You are going to ask him. You are going to petition him. Some of you are already dissatisfied with where you are. But you don't know what next to do. You are dissatisfied with what the state of things are. But you don't know what next action to take. Talk to God. God, I want you to speak to these people. You promised me that you are going to direct, you are going to lead them. You promised me you are going to speak to them, you are going to order their steps. You are going to speak a word in season to them. Isaiah 54, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned and I may speak in what they say to him that is weary. He wakened my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord has opened my ears. I was not rebellious. God said to me this afternoon as I prayed that he will speak to you. But please, whatever he says unto you, do it. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. 
He may tell you to fast. He may tell you to pray. He may tell you to give. He may tell you to do anything. Be committed to the path that whatever he tells you to do, you are going to do it. Jesus' mother lived with Jesus longer than anybody else. She told the people where there was no more wine. You see, the feeling God gave me was that it's like the wine have run out. It's like the wine have run out in your life. Things are no longer the way they, they should be. And God said to me, tell them whatever I tell them to do, let them just do it. That will get the power of God working well again in your life. Make a commitment to tell God that whatever he tells you to do, you're not going to argue. You're not going to be full of the error of your ways. You're not going to debate it. Whatever God tells me to do, I'll do it. Just tell him I'm going to listen to you, Lord. This I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his own path. I'm going to pray a simple prayer with you now. Father, I want to thank you for these men and women, for these boys and girls. You know them all. You spoke me to give them this instruction and I have done it. The word we thou givest me, according to John 17, 8, I have given to them. Lord God, give them the courage, the dedication to implement these things and help them to do exactly what you ask them to do. Thank you because you are going to come down to their level of understanding and you are going to meet them at the point of their need. They will not go to the right or the left. They will stay in the straight and the narrow. They will obey you from the heart. Strengthen them. Lord, don't just say it to them once. Say it to them twice. Say it to them thrice. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everyone be established. We give you glory, O oh God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.